Well, it looks like you all hated me so much that you've given me this award for it. That it can be about the performance and not the politics. This moment is so much bigger than me. And I can't deny the fact that you like me right now. You like me. And thank all of you who voted for me and all of you who didn't, please excuse me. I deserve this, thank you. Hello and welcome back to Academy Queens. I am a slutty dolphin trainer. I'm Brandon Stanwyck. And I spy 50 cent piece right over there, Joey Gentili. And we're here today to do another alternative ballot. Uh, this time we are going with 2015 supporting actress. And I'm just going to bring our guest in right away because he picked it. You may have seen his writing up on Cinema Centuries and Awards Watch. He's also a member of Gallica. He is a Hufflepuff and a professional thirster. That is Matthew St. Clair. Hello, Matthew. Yay. Hello. I hope your, your intro was accurate. Very much. And How are you as doing? a fellow Hufflepuff, I say welcome. Thank you. So how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. I'm very excited to, to be on the show because I've become such a huge fan of it. Yes, you, you text me whenever you've listened to a new episode, and it's always very fun. Yeah. So um, when we first started talking about you guesting on an episode, and I threw out this concept of doing a whole new ballot, erasing the actual nominees and coming up with a new lineup, you instantly responded with 2015 Supporting Actress. And I'm just curious, what is it about this category and this year that you think deserves a rehaul? Well, mainly it, all this category fraud needs fixing. Mm-hmm. I like where his head's at already. <laughs> it's, no, that's my biggest concern. So would you say this, is the, this category is the most egregious case of category fraud in this last decade? Oh, very much so, because you had Rooney Mara and Alicia Vikander, who are not only leads in their respective films, but they are the leads of their respective films. So my question to that is, because we haven't, uh, Brandon and I haven't started as of today, May 20th, um, production on season five yet. We'll get to 2015. The infamous Diane Ladd, of course, commented on this category saying there were three leads. Now, the only other lead I can think of she was referring to is Kate Winslet and Steve Jobs. So here's my question. Is Kate Winslet an actual lead or is Diane Ladd just blowing smoke out of her ass? Uh, I think she's supporting. And she's, she's in Steve Jobs for a good amount of the film, but it's not about her. If she meant to if she really meant, if she really did mean three, my guess is Jennifer Jason Lee for the Hateful Eight, just because she's the central female character. But mm-hmm. even I still think she's kind of supporting because it's such an ensemble piece. Right, I would agree with you on that. Yeah. So, um, is that all the initial business that we had? Yeah, I just want to point out. Um, I think this is a great category for him to pick. Um, I would agree that the 2015 supporting actress is the most egregious when it comes to category fraud. But also, too, I'm really curious to see if any of us will line up here because 2015 supporting what could have been is massive. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of options. 
there were a lot of options. So it'll be interesting to see what we agree with, what we don't agree with, what we line up with, what we don't line up with. And I'm just all around curious. Yeah. So I have two honorable mentions. I should probably at some point revisit them because I can't remember if they are truly supporting. Uh, one of them I'm completely not sure because I don't even know how she was campaigned. One was campaign supporting, but I know there's a lot of um, ire about that among some crowds. Uh, the first one being Maya Taylor from Tangerine. I know she was campaign supporting. She got in at Indie Spirit, and uh, some people thought she might just lock that Oscar nomination. Um, I really like her in Tangerine. I'm not a huge fan of the movie itself. It didn't quite hit me in the way that I know um, it hit a lot of other people, but I really liked her presence in it. Uh, she has a very fiery personality and she's very funny and um, I'd like to see what else she's able to do. Um, I know a lot of people say she's in a little bit too much of the movie for her to be considered supporting. I don't remember it vividly enough to say definitively whether or not I agree with her category placement, but since that's where she was campaigned, I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there. And the other one is Laura Linney and Mr. Holmes. Um, I don't, again, I don't remember the movie well enough to say whether or not she's lead or supporting. Again, she wasn't really nominated anywhere, so I'm not sure how she was campaigned. But it's definitely not her story. I mean, Ian McKellen is like the titular role. And um, she's there for it. But um, I really like Laura Linney and Mr. Holmes. She has a very, you know, sturdy presence, as Laura Linney tends to have, this sort of quiet power about her and uh, even when she's in roles that don't necessarily showcase her talents she still somehow manages to leave an impression so um maya taylor and laura lenny are my honorable mentions for this lineup um matthew how about you well my honorable mentions are uh first one is uh christian stewart for clouds of sils maria which was a uh, easily the the best work of her career and she had I mean, this one is uh, one that also kind of toes a line between lead and supporting because even though J Juliette Binoche is the main character, uh, the movie kind of, she's still, the film is sort of about a two-person friendship, but I know she's someone who did very well with the critics, or, with the critics groups and even... So Stewart became the uh, Stewart became the first American actress to win the Cesar Award for Best Supporting Actress, and of course the Cesar is the French version of the the Oscars. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's easily the the best work of a from an actress who is, in my opinion, unfairly uh, un unfairly underrated. And my uh, other honorable mention is uh, Elizabeth Banks for Love and Mercy. Is that even though uh, Banks is playing a role that Ampus often is crazy for the uh, support, the archetypal supportive wife role, Banks still makes it a interesting with her relax, with her naturalism and her warmth, and she's always a a very welcome presence, even when even during the scene's roughest moments, where Brian Wilson is dealing with his schizophrenia. And it's also it's also a, a good attempt for Banks to show her off her dramatic range, since she's known for her often known for her comedic skills. And my uh, and my last star I'll mention is uh, Phyllis Smith for Inside Out, which for me is a even though it's a voice performance, it's such a perfect fusion of actor and character. 
where even even though she's uh, it's a at least for me an ex- a fine example of an actor taking a character that seemingly has one note and just finding uh, dimensions within that small dimensions within that note and I, th- I feel like if we were giving voice performances more credibility Phyllis uh, Smith might have been a more viable contender to get to my should have almost should have been uh, Matthew we're going to agree there on Christian Stewart and Cosmo Sells Maria um, I think it really does speak for something not just well let me just start with the awards there when the very first actress who is the very first American actress to win the Cesar Award is Kristen Stewart. I think it shows something, especially in a type of award ceremony that clearly doesn't favor American uh, actors' performances. Um, It really speaks highly of her. And I got to say, you know, Meryl Streep is always, I'm not comparing as like, you know, the two acting styles, but Meryl Streep is always known as like, you know, the greatest actress of all time. Kristen Stewart can now have something to, that Meryl can't. And that's, you know what I mean? Like, that speaks volumes of a performance. Um, I think she's great. Um, it's a very nuanced performance, and I really, really dig it. And I got to say, my other almost could have been uh, in this category was Rose Byrne and Spy. Um, I think this is a fantastic, fantastic comedic performance. Um, but it's it doesn't quite make the cut for me. Almost did, but... This is one of those times where I got to put the comedy performance kind of on the back end. Um, and unfortunately, it had to have been Byrne who got the chop there for me. So, yeah, Kristen Stewart and Clouds of Sils Maria and Rose Byrne and Spy are my two almost could have been. All right. This is a good bunch of uh, ladies right there. Mm-hmm. I like I like all of the people that we have said so far. So um, I guess I'll kick us off with my number five. Um I'm going with Kristen Wiig in Diary of a Teenage Girl. Um, this is a Mariel Heller film, uh, sort of the one that's made her a name in the indie world, or at least it's the one where I noticed her. Um, Kristen Wiig plays a woman named Charlotte. She is the mother to the titular teenage girl. Uh, she is a sort of bohemian mother, very personable with her child, uh, having conversations that you don't normally see in a film. Uh, Perhaps that has a lot to do with the movie being written and directed by women. So um, they're able to see it. We're able to see a different side of uh, this mother daughter relationship. We don't usually get in movies, most of which being directed and written by men, but uh, Kristen Wiig, we see a whole new side of her than I think we were accustomed to in 2015. Um, I think a lot of comedians are really adept at doing very dark drama. Um, I think Robin Williams once spoke to that and considering, you know, where things ended up for him, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Um, Kristen Wiig kind of blew me away in this movie. She ended up being one of my favorite things about it. So um, she left quite an impression on me and it's a movie that I've been meaning to rewatch ever since it came out way back when, but it was one of those movies that you know, it's one of those movies where you watch it and you think it's great, but you're not very eager to rewatch it because of where it goes and the themes that it explores. But uh, Kristen Wiig is a huge part of that for me. So um, she was able to make my cut and uh, clench that number five spot in my alternative ballot. Have you guys seen this film? Not yet. Nope. 
I, I really recommend it. If you're a fan of Meryl Heller's work with um, Can You Ever Forgive Me and um, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, I definitely recommend it. So go ahead and check that out. Wasn't there like a big push for, was it in a name like Pauly or something, the lead actress? Yeah, or, uh, lead actress that year? Yeah. I'm not sure what the push was, but um, I think she was getting acclaim in like the festival circuit and with some critics. I'm not sure what the Oscars push was or if there was really the momentum or the money behind it, but um, she's also quite good in the movie. Gotcha. gotcha. And Matthew, who's your number five? So my number five is uh, Asa Sila from Girlhood, a, a French film directed by Céline Sciamma. She's known for, of course, for Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It's a uh, coming-of-age story about a, a girl named Mariam who joins an all-girl gang in the projects of Paris. And with the leader of that game played, named, uh, being, named La- being named Lady, played by Sila. Now, Sila, now, Girlhood is a is a film that I think is very underrated and and often and often overlooked. And for me, Sila is one of its greatest strengths as she plays a as she plays someone who's who's a, as she plays a, a leader who's steely and also and also has a but also has a warm and vulnerable side. And it's a, a, a she's I feel like she's Sila is someone who's tremendously layered as someone who's steely, yet warmly has Maryam come out of her shell and has and even has a slight maternal quality towards her and the and her fellow fr- and her other friends. And all, and also the uh, and also during and also there's a scene where her where the four where the four uh, mem- where the four friends are all uh, lip syncing to Diamonds by Rihanna, which is the most magical moment in the film and one of my favorite one of my favorite musical moments I've seen in any film this past decade so if you guys are a fan of if you guys are a fan of portrait I highly recommend you check out girlhood and of course Sila is a one amazing reason as to why it works so well yeah I'm a fan of that movie I remember seeing it back when it came out it was, it was a big film at the Cleveland Film Festival it was like one of the most popular films that year. And so uh, after the film festival, one of the Cleveland local cinemas got it. And so I was able to check it out. And uh, I was very impressed with that movie. Man, we are two movies that I haven't seen yet. So now I'm curious. <laughs> All right. Well, my number five, this is one that a lot of people actually haven't seen. So I'll be interested to hear if you guys have seen it. Um, is Judy Davis in The Dressmaker. Um, I haven't this seen movie- that. <laughs> Have you seen it, Brandon? That's the Kate Winslet movie? Yes. I don't think I ever did. I think that was one of those movies I rented from the library, and then it became due before I could watch it. And I was meant to get it back, and then never did. So I'm familiar with it, but I have not seen it. Well, going off of Brandon's introduction of Matthew and being a legendary thirsty, or what, what, what did you say? A professional thirster? <laughs> professional thirster, there it is. This has Liam Hemsworth stripped down numerous times in this movie. So uh, just for that alone, check that out. But The Dressmaker was, um, I was told to watch this from a friend. 
Uh, her name is Natalie, who's like, hey, do you have Amazon Prime? I'm like, yeah. She's like, check out this movie called The Dressmaker. I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I didn't really look into it, but I, I actually, like, that night just watched it. And I was blown away by how, like, beautiful this movie was. First of all, I don't know which category to put it into. Because he, legitimately, before I even get to Davis, it's a mix of comedy, horror, like, uplifting, feel-good. Like, I truly don't know what category this film would belong in. With that said, Judy Davis is hilarious in this movie. Um, she is... This is prime territory for an actress like Davis who can show off every comedic chop, every dramatic chop, every just acting chop possible. Because there is... There's this weird coldness to the first half of the movie and the ending, and Davis brings it all together with a delicious warmth. And I, it's such an underseen movie, and I understand why it wasn't financially successful outside of Australia, because, again, it's really hard to pinpoint this movie. The trailer, for an example, gives it off as like a straight-up comedy, like slapstick. It could be the furthest from the truth. So it's extremely hard on where to place this movie. And therefore, I'm sure, was the biggest reason for it. It, it's uh, uh, American financial failure. But uh, yeah, Judy Davis at number five for The Dressmaker. I'm pretty sure a sizable portion of that film's budget came from the government of Australia. I think Australia is one of those countries where if you have... Um, if you are able to make a movie that has like something to say, some cultural significance, and you can get some star backing behind it or something, they'll give you a certain amount of money to make your film. Um, I recently saw this movie brought up by someone who was dragging Kate Blanchett a little bit. How Kate Blanchett is frequently s saying that we need to support female filmmakers and minority filmmakers and all this stuff, and yet she keeps working with these prestige white male directors. And they brought up the dressmaker and said if Kate Blanchett wanted to, she could probably get the same funding that the dressmaker got to make another movie like it, starring herself, directed by a woman who she wants to pull up. So um, this is another little interesting thing about that movie. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with that at all. but um, uh, It was not. Yeah, so it's a cool little thing, I guess, uh, getting your government to fund your movie. You have been listening to a clip from one of our Academy Queens bonus episodes. If you would like to hear all of this episode and the rest of our sensational bonus content, please prance on over to patreon.com slash academyqueens and join our queendom.